paid it all. Thank you, adult praise too. Amen. And now we are getting ready for our first two preachers. We're getting ready for the word. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. We're getting ready for the word. Don't be messing with me. Don't be talking to me. I don't want no gum. I don't need no tic-tac. Don't be texting me. Don't be nudging me. Don't be asking me where. <laughs> Reverend Roy Walker is coming this time, followed by Reverend Jacobs. Amen. You got seven minutes. These seven minutes are going to fly by. <laughs> Give on to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and to my pastor, my mentor, my friend. And also to my beloved wife who have been with me through all my mess. If you have your Bible tonight, turn your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 5. I'm sorry, 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 5c. And it reads, but the Lord shut up her womb for the Lord shut up her womb for a moment I just to talk around the subject when God block your blessing when God block your blessing you know in the year 2015 we had these aspiration of having a, a good life that things would be great then when you get to the end of the year you find out you in the same mess you found that nothing have changed. But let me tell you something. Is God blocking your blessing? Understand this. If God is blocking your blessing, God have a plan, a purpose, and a program. God's plan is to develop a transformation in you and a trust in him. God's program is to let you praise him 
in the midst of your difficulties, difficulties, the doubt and delays. David said, I will bless the Lord at all time. But then God program is to use that which hurt you, hinder you, and hor horrify you, to mold you, make you, and to maneuver you into his destiny. But it's right here in the life of Hannah, and in, in, in chapter one, it's right here in this life of Hannah that you'll see four incidents that happen in the life of Hannah to hinder her blessing, to hinder from walking in her destiny. And you must ask the same question, what is hindering you from walking in the destiny that God called for you? What is God blocking in your life? You see, four things. First, you see what we call the sanctified incident. The second thing you see is what you call the saturating incident. The third thing that you see is what you call the Savior's prerogative incident. Then the last thing you see is what we call the sacrifice incident. Right. Now, the first thing is this, the sanctified incident. Look at verse 6. And her adversary always provoke her sorely for to make her fret. Listen, in the year 2000, don't let people, negative people who hate you for no reason because they envies your gift, jealous of your calling, and guess what? Can't stand your character to stop you from moving in the blessing and the destiny that God called you. Don't let it happen in your life in the year 2016. Now look here, look at the saturating incident. Look at verse 7. And he so did year after year after year went up to the house of the Lord. So she, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Listen, don't ponder and ponder and ponder over negative words from people. Guess what? To the point that it will cripple you that you can't function in your destiny. Don't allow those people words to infiltrate your being. No, you better start speaking words of faith. You better start, guess what? Say, I'm blessed and highly favored. This is a year for grace and favor. I'm walking in my blessed blessing. I will not let a negative word or negative people stop me from my calling. You are the head and not the tail. This is a new year and we're going to walk in that grace. We're going to walk in that favor. But the third thing is this. The Savior's incident. Look at the incident. Look at verse 5. The Savior's prerogative. But the Lord shut up her womb. Look at verse 7. But the Lord shut up her womb. Let me tell you something. You better realize that God is in control. And whatever happened, God have allowed it. But let me tell you something. When it happened, guess what you got to do? Trust the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 31, 15, my time is in the hands of the Lord. But let me tell you something. So know what God wants you to do? In the midst of your mess, God wants you to worship. Can you worship God in the midst of your mess? Let me tell you something. Authentic worship, it's got five elements. Let me give you a royism. Five elements. You, you got to be hopeful, blessful, prayful, faithful, but most of all, sorrowful. Let's check this out. You got to be hopeful. Look here. I'm hopeful in the midst of my mess. I'm blessful. I'm going to bless them and not curse them. I'm prayful. You know why? Because it's, it's a sign of humility. 
there's sensitivity, but at the same time, it gives you direction when you focus on God. But the last thing, guess what? I'm faithful. In spite of everything going on, I'm not going to turn my eyes from the word of God. But let me tell you something. The last thing, guess what? You're sorrowful. Why? Because sometimes we all fall. Sometimes we all make mistakes. But let me tell you something. You don't stay down. You get up and you keep on going. You know why? Because you're a child of the king. But the last thing is this. As I close, it's the sacrifice incident. Verse 22 says this. That which God blessed her with a child, she gave it back to God. Let me tell you something. When God opened the windows of heaven and pulled you out of blessing, can you give it back to God? God wants you to give it back. So as I close, please understand this. It's not over. You know what I'm saying? We serve a risen Savior. Jesus said this. I mean, Paul said this. In Genesis, I mean, in Galatians 20, I mean, 2, 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, I live, my life is in Christ. So let me tell you something. No matter what's going on, you got to have a hope to guess what? I serve a risen, crazy Savior. He came to earth. He walked a sinless life. He died on the cross. The world thought his destiny was over. But three days later, he got up with all power in his hand. But let me tell you something. The story's not over. You know why? Because he's living for us forever, forever. Because he's Christ, the Savior, King of kings, Lord of lords. God bless. All right, Reverend Jacobs is coming this time. Now he, he's like a helicopter. I'm an airplane. I need a runway. This brother just takes right off. Come on, brother. Praise God, St. Matthews. Well, I'm going to continue in the vein and do as the Lord has called me to do tonight. Thank God for Jesus. Let me mind, be mindful of the time here. <clears throat> and tonight, if you would turn to, to Lamentations chapter 1. And he talked about, has God blocked your blessing? I'll be talking about coping with grief. Uh, because in this, this time of trouble and struggle, 2016, some of us may have been coping with a whole lot of grief in our life. And in Lamentations chapter 1, it says, How did the city sit solitary that was, was filled of people? How has she become as a widow? She that was great among the nations and princes among the province. How has she become tributary? And here in this chapter, chapter one of Lamentations, Jeremiah tells us how to deal with grief. The children of Israel are dealing with a multitude of grief because they had sinned against Yahweh and God had sent them into captivity. And through the midst of going into captivity, you know, when you go through grief, and a lot of times uh, we be grieving, and we don't really want to admit that we're grieving, and we don't want to acknowledge that we're grieving, because there's so many things that we grieve about, and sometimes we feel that it's just nonsensical to grieve about such things. Uh, some of us are single, and we grieve about not having a mate. 
Some of us desire children and grieve about not having children. Some of us have lost jobs and homes and family and friends, and we have grieved about those things. Some of us have lost our faith and wonder how can we still hold on to faith when so many terrible things have happened to us. I know for me, myself, I got thrust into an accident. Then I was sent back to work twice, hurt, broke, bruised, wounded, and on pain medication. Then when I told them that I was hurting, they said, well, look, just take the pain medication after work. So I was supposed to work all day long, and then when I get home, find some relief. But I'm here to tell you that it doesn't quite work like that. And in this chapter, five times do she say, talk about the tears on her cheek, the tears in her eyes, the hurt, the sighing, the pain, the suffering, the anguish of heart, how grief had overtaken the children of Israel, how grief is personified and how is it lifted up and magnified and how in our lives sometimes grief overtakes us. I can tell you grief will overtake you and you will wonder where God is, why he has turned his hand against you, why is he punishing you, why he's causing these things to happen to you. And it's in this particular chapter that the children of Israel, first they had to confess their sins. They said, wait a minute, God, hold up. We have sinned against your righteousness. Now, some of us here would say we haven't sinned, period. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you that we just need to just think about what kind of lives are we really living? Are we really trusting God in our marriage, in our home, for our children, on our job? Are we really having faith? Are we living by rules or relationship? I uh, see here because they lost the ability to live by the relationship with Yahweh and begin to uh, work in the even if or. If this happens or this. I'm here to tell you this a lot of times in our lives we live by the either or. Either this or that. Either the relationship or the rule. It's either or. Which one are we living by today? Which one are we looking for to guide us through our daily bread today? How are we really living and giving our lives to the Lord? And in here, there's five times that she say, found no rest. See, because when you're grieving, you can find no rest because grief brings loneliness. It brings loss. It, it brings a, a, a loneliness that causes you to just say, nobody else is going through this but me. But I'm here to tell you that plenty of people are going through grief. Plenty of people are hurting today and suffering from the things that they had to deal with. But we only have one thing to do, and that's to look to the cross. Because it says that the cross is the power of God unto salvation. And see, that power is so powerful that when you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, you get power to stand the test of time. You get power to stand the grief that has overtaken you. You get power to know that this is not the end and that you have a better hope. Because he has expected in for you. I'm here to tell you today that if you just trust Jesus, if you just lean on his everlasting arms, if you look to the cross for every situation, no matter how grievous the situation, no matter how grave it gets, the power of the cross will help you to stand in the midst of the storm. You can handle grief in Jesus. Amen.
We've got to change the atmosphere. We've got to change the atmosphere. Amen. Amen. Come on, musicians. Make some noise. Hallelujah. Come on. There's no God. There's no God. There's no God. 
Praise team. Amen. Sister Tanya Fagans is in the house. I'm going to decrease. She's going to increase. Let's put our hands together for Sister Tanya Fagans. Good evening, St. Matthews. I want to give honor to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and also to our awesome pastor. Not only are we here to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, but guess what? We're going to have a little bit of fun. Are y'all with me? Good, good, good. So tonight we're going to do a little game show. I want you to be supportive of your brothers and sisters in Christ. 
It's kind of impromptu. They may be a little nervous, but there's a game show known as Family Feud. Who knows the game show Family Feud? Show a hand. Great, great, great. As you can see, I'm not Steve Harvey, but I am here to be your hostess for this evening. So I'm going to wait for the ushers to bring up our props so we can get started. There's a few differences. Let me just forewarn you. One, I already warned you, I'm not Steve Harvey. The second thing is we do not have buzzers. We will use bells instead. The third thing is these families are brothers and sisters in Christ. So some of them may be related by blood and some of them may not. And also, I just want you to give them a round of applause, be supportive of the answers. If you don't like their answers, it's okay to say, nah, that ain't it, that ain't it. And also, just get involved in the fun. So at this time, I'm just waiting for the ushers to bring the table, and I will call up our teams. So let's give a round of applause for our teams. Let's bring them on up. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Come on, give them a round of applause. So I have team A on this side, which is the Congletons. Give it up, give it up. And I have team B over here, which are the DeShields and the Davises. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so really quickly, let me just get a little intro. Tell me how long you have been members at the church and your first name. Thank you. Hi, my name is Kelly. All right now. Well, that's the same. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting y'all twins. Sorry, they twins. Name and how long you've been here? My name is Tyrese, and I've been here all my life. Oh, awesome. Uh, Julio, same thing all my life. Awesome, awesome. Why? And let the gentleman bring the table to the middle, and let me go to this side and introduce you to Team B. I would need your first name, and then how long you've been here. Uh, my name is Paula. I'm at the real Paula on Twitter, and I've been here all my life. You see Paula over here. All right. My name is Paul, and we've been here since 1995. Awesome, awesome. My name is Robin, and we've been here 11 years. Great, 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 great. My name is Wander, and I've been here since about 2000. Awesome, awesome. Let's give them a round of applause, round of applause. Let me squeeze in here, squeeze in here. All right, so we're going to play four rounds, four rounds. We're not going to have the, the fast money and all that because we are time sensitive here. We're about these to see in order. So you're going to be first, and you're going to be first to see which team will go first. The questions are very easy. Oh, you tested? All right, the questions are very easy, trust me. So Dave, go ahead and start for me. We'll start with the first question. Well, Paul had it first.
sorry. Okay, give me a name, Paula. All right. Paula said Jesus. Show me Jesus. Woo! Would you like to pass or play? Would you like to pass or play? They'll play. I told you that the game is really easy. If you don't get this, then. All right, so we're going to go with Team B right now. I'm going to move over to Paul. Paul, name a biblical name. Okay, he said Abraham. He said Abraham. All right, show me Abraham. Show me Abraham. <laughs> That's all right. You got one strike. It's okay. All right, next. Moses. She said Moses. Show me Moses. There, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we got it now. So that's two strikes. There you go. <laughs> All right. Next, Miss Wanda. Matthew. Show me Matthew. All right. Good answer. Good answer. All right, Paula, back to you. Paul. Show me Paul. Oh, I'm sorry, Team B. Sorry. So you know what that means, Team A. You have an opportunity to steal the whole round. I'll give you two seconds to confer. Okay, so what is your answer? John. Show me John. All right, Team A wins that round. Great job, great job. All right, we're gonna move on to the second round. Shake hands. Take your places, please. You can do a little test. Each person can do a little test. It's okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Second question. What is a part of worship at St. Matthew? Okay. All right. Yes. What's a part of worship? Praise and worship. Show me praise and worship. Great job. Would you like to pass or play? They'll play. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, next. What's a part of worship at St. Matthew's? Yeah, whoever's next. I need y'all to be in order. Uh, decency in order. I need y'all to line up in order. The same order. <laughs> and you can't confer on these answers. You just, you can't confer until... Come on now, it's all right. It's all right, family. It's all right, family. All right. Yes, what's a part of worship at St. Matthew's? Okay, he said the choir. So that would be like singing? The choir, singing. Dave, show me choir or singing? Sorry. Okay, next. What's a part of worship at St. Matthew's? Prayer. Dave, show me prayer. Great job. Next, what's the part of worship at St. Matthew's? The Word. Dave, show me the Word. Great job, great job. All right, you only got one strike. It's two answers left on the board. 
Next, what's a part of worship at St. Matthew's? Offering. They show me offering. Sorry, it's not up there. Sorry. <laughs> Next, what's a part of worship at St. Matthew's? Fellowship. Okay, fellowship. Dave, show me fellowship. Great job, great job. You got one more. What's the part of worship at St. Matthew's? I just need, you can't, you can't confer on these answers, I'm sorry. If I say it one more time, I'm going to have to give you another strike, okay? Okay. Call to salvation. Dave, show me call to salvation. Sorry, it's not up there. All right, Team B, you have opportunity to steal. Okay, they're going to go with doxology. Dave, it's doxology up there. Oh, I'm sorry. Doxology's not up there. Dave, show me answer number five. Dancing. All right, so Team A takes that round. I should, um, we're going to go on to, to round three now, but I should tell you that the other difference that I failed to mention is that we didn't survey 100 people because don't nobody got time for that. I was not going around surveying 100 people. So what we decided to do was we surveyed the staff at St. Matthew's. So these are the staff answers, just so you know. There's, there's about 10 of us on staff. So just keep that in mind when you're going through. All right, we're going to go to round three, Dave. All right, we only we only doing four rounds, so this is round three, if we get to it, you know, depending on the time. All right, round three, I want you to name a popular food. Oh, she had it first. She had it first. Miss <laughs> Robin had it first. What did you say, young lady? Yes, you did say it already, so I'll just say it. She said fries. Dave, show me fries. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Robin. I'm sorry. It wasn't up there. I know the greasy food sometimes. The greasy food sometimes. All right, what would you like to say, young man? All right, Julio said chicken. Tyree said chicken. I'm sorry. I always mix y'all up. Tyree said chicken. Now, we know, let me just put it out there, that this will probably be up there. Can we just say it'll probably be up there? Dave, show me chicken. Chicken is up there. Would you like to pass or play? Play. All right, they're going to play. Tamika, how are we doing on time? Okay, cool. All right, so tell me a popular food. Pizza. Dave, show me pizza. All right, pizza's up there. All right, Julio, I got it this time. Name a popular food. Spaghetti. All right, Italian food. I like Italian food, too. Dave, show me spaghetti. <laughs> Name a popular food. Subs or hoagies? Who likes a good sub or hoagie? All right, Dave, show me if sub or hoagie is up there. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the third strike, y'all. So I got to... I got to confer over here with Team B and see what they want to do.
Okay, they're gonna go with ribs. Ribs. Dave, show me ribs. Oh, I'm sorry. So that goes to Team A. Round of applause, they run that round. All right, this is the last and final round and we're gonna have to speed through this, okay? Oh, y'all wanna see the answers? I'm sorry. Didn't I say, didn't I say this was not the regular version? Okay, we, we gotta keep it moving, I'm sorry. I love y'all though, I love y'all. I love y'all. I love all of you, love you all. All right, round four. This is important, let's see how you've been paying attention, okay? Name a Gordonism that is a phrase that Pastor Gordon says often. <laughs> a Gordonism, a phrase that Pastor Gordon says often. I, I, I'm sorry, I need the congregation to quiet down. I'm sorry. I'm trying to hear. What'd you say? It's tight, but it's right. Dave, show me. It's tight, but it's right. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to pass or play? You want to play? All right. Next up is Paula. Paula, you can't confer. A Gordonism, a phrase that Pastor Gordon says often. You're out of your military mind. Dave, show me you're out of your military mind. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Mr. Paul, Agoritanism. Let me preach at the clock. Let me preach at the clock. All right, Dave, show me preach at the clock. Yeah. All right, Miss Robin, Agoritanism. Okay, we're gonna preach in season or out of season? <laughs> preach in season or out of season? Dave, show me. Preach in, no. Sorry, I can't even get to it. All right, Miss Wanda, Gordonism. A phrase that Pastor Gordon says often. All right. You only have, you only have three seconds. You only have three, three seconds. One. Two, okay. Stop, pause, and park. Dave, show me stop, pause, and park. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. You have a chance to still, teammate. You got three seconds to confirm. One, two, three. Okay. All right, last answer of tonight. Let's see who's gonna win it. She said, I don't mean no harm. Dave, show me I don't mean no harm. Aw, Dave, show me number two. I'm preaching now. Show me number four. But God. And show me number five. I'm coming in. All right, so what's the score, Tamika? Who's the winner? Team A is our winner for today. Praise the Lord. Give them a round of applause. You may have your seats. Thank you for participating. Appreciate you. All right, we're going to keep the program moving. 
we're going to keep the program moving. So right now we're going to have poetry by Sister Linda Dennis. Come on up. Praise the Lord. Come on up. Giving honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lord of my life, to Pastor Gordon, officers, members, and friends, good evening. To help celebrate this glorious forthcoming new year and its amazing possibilities, I am going to read two poems with the theme of holding fast to your dreams and resolutions. The first poem is by Helen Steiner Rice. She has been known to be a very inspirational poet. It has been said that her inspirational literary works have been timeless because of her strong religious faith and her ability to express deep emotions in her works. This selection is entitled, Climb Till Your Dreams Come True. Often, your tasks will be many and more than you think that you can do. And often, the road will be rugged and the hills insurmountable too. But always remember that the hills ahead are never as steep as they seem, and with faith in your heart, start upward and climb until you reach your dream. For nothing in life is worthy, is never too hard to achieve, if you have the courage to try it and you have the faith to believe. For faith is a force that is greater than knowledge or power or skill and many defeats turn to triumphs if you trust in God's wisdom and will for faith is a mover of mountains there's nothing that God cannot do so start out today with faith in your heart and climb till your dreams come true The second poem that I'm going to read and the last poem is by Joanna Fuchs, who is also known for her inspirational works. This one is entitled, Christian's New Year's Resolutions. How can I use the new year to better serve my Lord? Let me think about it. I'll read my Bible every day and be more in accord I'll find new ways to serve others, and I'll love my neighbors, too. I'll focus on give instead of get in everything that I do. I'll forgive the people that I'm mad at, angry feelings I'll just discard, and I'll try to love my neighbors, even though sometimes that might be hard. In the new year, I'll lift people up instead of putting them down and I'll fill my heart with love and joy and I'll never wear a frown. 
I'll let go of my worries. I'll put it all in his hands. I'll repent and I'll try to sin less and obey all of his commands. Now, these New Year's resolutions I know you're thinking are going to be very difficult to achieve at best. But then there's something, there's something that I can do each day that will put my soul at rest. I'll love my Lord with all of my heart and with all of my mind and with all of my soul. And if I do that essential thing, then all the rest he will control. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. All right. At this time, if you can turn your attentions to the screens, we're going to have a year in review. And we want to give a special thank you to Reverend Dan Spencer and Dave Young for helping put this together. At this time, we will have a selection from Sister Charmaine Lamar. Round of applause.
Hallelujah. As we say hello to 2016, we look back one last time to 2015. I don't know how many of you have lost loved ones in Christ, but I know that I have. And um, I just thank God for, for, for them and for their, uh, the gift that God has given us in having uh, the joy of loved ones that are with us. But I know one thing. I know that I'm going to see them again. And I know that the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And I know that we're going to meet them in the air. And I'm so grateful for that, for that hope.
Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Come on, behold him. Come on, behold his face. We shall behold him. Shout my troubles over. Go into a place where there's no more bills, no more backaches, no more burdens. We shall behold him face to face. My Savior, my Lord and King. If you got some sense, go ahead and praise him right there. Come on, just lift your hands all over the house right there. Come on, this is not a stick up, it's a surrender. Come on, just lift your hands and give him reverence. Oh, we shall behold him. We shall behold him. I'm gonna behold Jesus. I'm gonna behold my Savior. We shall behold him. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to see his look upon his face. Let us sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice. Cares are past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Amen. We're getting ready for the word again tonight. Anybody hungry for the word tonight? Listen, listen. The more you eat, the hungrier you get in the spiritual. In the natural, the more you eat, the fuller you get. But when you eat spiritually, the more I eat, the more I want to eat. Now, let me ask that question again. Is there anyone hungry for the word? Amen. We got two powerful preachers coming up. We have Reverend Wayne Jones, and followed by him will be Reverend Gary Tunsil. In that order, please. Come on, Reverend Wayne. Receive him as he comes. St. Matthews, give honest God to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to our pastor who is here with us tonight. Thank the Lord for uh, my mentor and my spiritual guide. Uh, as a matter of fact, right where you are, just give it up for your pastor, for our pastor. Uh, come on, you can do better than that. John chapter 2. Verse 5. You'll find these words. His mother saith unto him, unto the servants, whatsoever he saith, unto you 
do it. We find Jesus here in chapter 2 of John's gospel. Jesus and his disciples, at least five by this time, along with his mother, had been invited to a wedding in Canaan of Galilee. And during the course of this celebration, the wine runs out. Now you have to understand that weddings were a major event in the day of Christ. It were the one of the biggest social events there were. Weddings at this time lasted about a week or more. Therefore, it was necessary to have plenty of food and drink. To run out of either food or drink would be an embarrassment and a disgrace to the groom's family. In this day and age, in that particular day and age, it, would even, it was even grounds for lawsuits. So when the wine runs out, it really is a big deal. It really is a major problem. Mary, however, seems to have some coordinator slash organizer role in this wedding for she quickly assesses the situation and she immediately concludes that Jesus can fix this problem. Now you have to understand that it had been some time since Mary has seen Jesus. Uh, somewhere on or around his 30th birthday, when his ministry kicks in, John is baptizing in the Jordan, and he sees Jesus coming across, and you read the passage. John says, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. And he baptizes Jesus right then and there. It is then that we see a pictorial illustration of the Godhead, a voice of God from heaven, the visible presence of the Spirit of God in the form of a dove, and the vessel that God is going to use to bring man back to himself, standing in the Jordan in the person of Christ. The Bible says, immediately, straightway, he's led into the wilderness. Forty days, forty nights, he's tempted by the devil. It's been at least four to five weeks since Mary has last saw Jesus. What Mary does next works every time you and I have a major care, major concern, a major crisis. Whatever the problem is, what she does next is what you and I should do. The first thing that she does is the last thing you and I do, and that is she turned to Jesus. Notice she doesn't get ballistic. She doesn't freak out. She doesn't panic. She just turned to Jesus. She did what you and I don't do because we turn to everybody else. We turn to our coworkers. We turn to our family. We turn to friends. We turn to neighbors. We turn to our spiritual leaders. We turn to everyone but Christ. And we have a tendency to turn to individuals that we believe have somewhat of a handle on the thing that we're going through. But why turn to someone who has somewhat of a handle when you can turn to the one who has the power to handle whatever? She turns to Jesus. And then the next thing, not only did she turn to him, but then she talked to him. You said, well, that's 
that would be obvious. If you turn to somebody and you would talk, nah, I beg to differ. Because not everyone, yeah, uh, just because you are in the presence of someone does not mean that you are communicating with that person. Just because you have come into his house tonight does not mean that you have said hello to him tonight. You know how we do. It's very, very easy to be overwhelmed with your situation, circumstance, and or condition that you're going through from a day-to-day time. And I'll be the first to tell you, I've come through those doors many a Sundays, and the choir was on fire, and pastor was on point. The whole church set ablaze, and I have not even spoken to the one whose house I came into. I had duty with no devotion. I had function, but no faith. I had movement, but no meaning. She turned to Jesus, and then she talked to Jesus, and what she says, she says, they have no wine. Jesus tells, she tells Jesus exactly what the problem is, and Jesus said unto a woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour is not yet come. Now, it may appear that his response was a little harsh, but there was no term of disrespect during this time. In that day, it wasn't a term of disrespect. It could have simply been, it could have simply meant that he was implying that the relationship of mother and son was now changing. The reason why Mary is able to go to Jesus with this simple request because she knew something that no one else knew about her son. And that was what she cared about, he cared about. What mattered to Mary mattered to Jesus. Why did he perform this particular miracle? Was it so that he could get credit? Well, the answer is no to that because the guests didn't know anything was going on with the wine. Was it so that he could prove that he was the son of God? And the answer is no, because he, this is why he didn't want to perform the miracle. He didn't want to reveal himself just yet. My, my time hasn't come yet. But why did he perform the miracle? And it's only one reason, if you read the text, because he cared. He cared enough about Mary. He wanted her to know that what bothered her bothered him. In all of our lives, we've had certain situations and circumstances and conditions in which we felt as though the Lord just wasn't there. You know, if you, if you cared about me, you wouldn't let me go through this. If you cared about me, you wouldn't let me stay in this. If you cared about me, you would have a better situation that I would be in. But I've come to find out that if I never had a problem, I would never know that he could solve it for me. Not only did she turn to him, not only did she talk to him, but she trusted him. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says, just do it. Whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance, whatever scenario you're living out right now, if you want it to change, you want it to be over, you want it to end, 
You want it done with? Just do what he says. Good evening, St. Matthews. I want to say Happy New Year to everyone. First, giving honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To my pastor, Pastor Gordon, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak tonight. Let us pray real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for what our eyes have seen and ears have heard. Father, bless your word tonight as it goes forth. Encourage these thy people. We thank you as we reflect over 2015, prepare our hearts to enter the new year with new mindsets. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Romans chapter 7, verse 15, you find this, for that which I do, I allow not, for what I would, that do I not, but what I hate, that do I, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law, that it is good, now it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it's no more I to do it, but it's sin that dwells in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is always present with me. For title... Fighting God's Way in 2016. Recalling an old movie originated back in 1976 known as Rocky. The movie had recorded approximately six episodes from its new release called Creed. Star of the film was known as Donnie Johnson, the son of the late Apollo's Creed. In search to fulfill the legacy of his late father, he sought out Rocky Balboa to be his trainer. Having accepted the challenge, Rocky warns him of the complexities and dangers of professional boxing. Rocky decides to take him under his wing and pour into him the particulars of what professional boxing is all about. Having gone through intense training, several hits, he now begins to experience the obstacles and challenges that come with professional boxing. In a similar sense, the Apostle Paul lets you and I know as believers we too are enrolled in a fight. The Apostle Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to help you and I to be mentally, spiritually aware of this ongoing battle. Yet for the truth to be told, we can agree that we set out to do good, but we constantly fall short. Somewhere, somehow, we find ourselves agreeing with the Apostle Paul in this passage of Scripture. Every time I set out to do good, I'm ending up doing what I shouldn't be doing. He narrows it down to our sinful nature that if we've been enslaved to for many years, continuing a battle against this every day of our lives. The truth to be told this evening, many of us here have grown in our spiritual walk, learning to fight this spiritual warfare. It's through hard times, hard knocks, that we learn how to engage the word of God into our lives. The enemy of our soul has launched out an all-out attack you and I have never witnessed before. His job is to keep the child of God distracted, discouraged, desperate, 
and most of all, disengage and experience the joy of our salvation. The truth is he's tried to change the lens of our perception, to lose focus on the bigger picture, but instead allowing us to get swallowed up in the media menace facing our society. A reminder for you and I, Satan, our arch enemy, is very crafty and subtle. He is the one that's defeated, doomed, and destined for the lake of fire. We have the victory. We are victorious. We are overcomers through the blood of the Lamb. We have to remind ourselves and on a continual basis who we belong to. After all, we've been brought with a price. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. As we've been placed in the Father's hands, no one is able to pluck us out. Paul lets you and I know in this text that we got a serious battle to contend. We are fighting three major components. The fight against sin enticements. The fight against self-encumbrances. The fight against satanic entrapments. And I don't know about you, but in 2015, the enemy has landed some hard blows. Some hard blows to my mind. Trying to distort my thinking. I've taken some blows to my eyes trying to minimize my focus on why I'm here. I've taken some blows to the mouth, trying to silence my testimony. But I'm serving notice on you, devil. You are a liar and the truth is not in you. In 2016, you and I need a Rima word for our situation, learning to fight the battle God's way. God said he honors his word above his name, knowing that he is faithful in spite of us. The Bible says he will perfect that which concerned us. That's why Timothy said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. 2016, we got to fight through prayer. The Bible reminds us that the prayers of the righteous availeth much knowing that the promises of God are yea and amen. As you and I cross into this new year, it's a certainty that I got a made-up mind to fight the battle God's way. He said, be still and know that I am God. And as I close, I remember in the Creed movie, Rocky was in the locker room, and he stood next to Donnie Johnson, Hollywood Donnie, they called him. And he said... Donnie, you haven't been here before. There's a lot of people out there, but that doesn't matter. What matters the most is you're not doing this for your father. You're not doing this for me, but you're doing it for yourself. It matters what you go into that ring and what you take out of that ring. You gave it your best shot. The Bible, and he went into the ring, and I remember that he went through some blows, and he knocked him out. And he stood on the mat in the... And the, and the opponent stood in victory. But as he laid there on the mat, he began to have reflat, re, uh, recall of what he's been through. And I'm reminded on one Friday afternoon that Jesus went to Golgotha. And he was hung on the cross. And Satan thought he had him. 
and he shouted for victory on Friday afternoon when they dragged his body in a burrowing tomb. He was glorifying in hell, thought he had him, but he went down in the seal and snatched the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He rose on the third day with all power in his hands. We have the victory because of Jesus. He said, I greater he that is in you than he that's of the world. Fight the good fight. Keep on fighting. You are victorious. Keep the word. Stay in the word. Study the word. The word has power. Let's give Reverend Wayne and Reverend Gary a hand. Thank you, sir. I'm glad I went first. Amen. Um, at this time, we will have a, a skit from Sister Marsha Thomas and her team. Sister Marsha. Religious or relationship? That is the question. Some people attend church out of pure habit. They think that their attendance will get them brownie points in the heavens. Makes you go, hmm, why did I come here tonight? Am I religious or do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? That is our question. designated driver, we need to stay local so we both can turn up.
church, and church folks don't act like that. Yes, yes, we are. Well, we're so glad to have you. My name is Deacon Brown. And I'm thank you, thank you. Would you please be nice? I, I don't mean to give you a biscuit, but you ready to say something? I've been in church all my life. I was baptized when I was nine. God commanded his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. Uh, to answer your question, Deacon Black, Black, Brown, uh, uh, no, no, we're not saved. We're not saved. Well, <laughs> uh, may I ask why you did come here? This is what you do on New Year's Eve. You go to church, and then you go home and eat your black eyed peas for good luck, and then you go and turn up and get your party on. Yes, that's what you do now. You know, so many people have this perception, and unfortunately, there are many that have. Uh, religious, religion can't save you. You must be born again. gives me a lot to think about. By the way, what is your name? I'm Beverly, and this is my friend Felicia. It's nice to meet you both. Pleasure meeting you too. Well, listen, I would love to sit and chat. Pastor should really get up and preach, and I must go go to my post. Uh, uh, Deacon's work is never done. So long. Felicia, are we religious? Why did we come to church tonight? Are we going to hell? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of life, which the gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6, 23. Do we need to be born again? 
Should we go up when the pastor calls? Felicia, are you listening? What should we do? Well, you go ahead and plead your fifth and drink your fifth. <laughs> you're my ride or die partner, but you're on your own with this one. You're pleading the fifth, but I'm pleading for his forgiveness tonight. <laughs> Boom. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16. Ask yourself, am I religious or do I have a relationship with Jesus? That is the question. Everybody just say boom. <laughs> Better watch out, Kim. I think they got something for you there. Amen. Let's get Felicia and Deacon Blue. <laughs> Amen. Amen. If you're not saved tonight, we pray that that would hit you, hit you somewhere. You might um, open your heart when pastor comes up this time we have two more preachers our last two preachers we have reverend michael Poole and reverend lightfoot and uh, reverend michael Poole is coming at this time before he comes charmaine also thank you for blessing us charmaine that was a wonderful ministry that you did thank you so much reverend michael Poole. let us pray Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank and praise you for your love, grace, and mercy. We ask that you would just have your way tonight as we prepare to bring your word. We just thank you and love you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. If you would turn your Bibles to the book of Titus this, this uh, evening, and we will be reading from the third chapter and the eighth verse. And I will, uh, the word of God will read. As following. First of all, I want to give an honor to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Also, want to um, give an honor to our pastor, and just to um, just let him know that how much I love him and appreciate him and his um, mentorship and guidance. Um, the Word of God reads as following: It says, "This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God." might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Tonight I want to just talk to you real quickly about the topic of being profitable in 2016. When you work for an organization, your goal, no matter what role or position you're in, is to have, is to have, do you have, is to be productive and profitable member of that team. That profitability could come in many forms. You can actually make your organization better. You can bring in more revenues for your organization, but you can actually just make an impact to make that organization more effective and more efficient in what they do. Every Christian, upon their acceptance 
of Jesus Christ becomes part of an organization called the Universal Church. Hopefully, you also align yourselves to a Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching local church. And the goal here also is for, through maturity and growth, that you become a productive and profitable member, making a positive impact on that church and to those who, who you serve. The problem is that many Christians do not become productive or profitable, which is potentially impacts the, the effectiveness and effectiveness of that church. You know, and I use the term potentially they do not become, they potentially effective because God's will is going to be God's will in spite of us regardless. But, but, but sometimes we don't do what God wants us to do and we don't step up to be the Christian that God has called us to be. And so it's here in this book of Titus that Paul is giving his, his mentor and his, his, his um, loyal apprentice Titus the task of coming into Crete and to set things in order and move that church in the right direction and to have them to become productive and profitable. And I believe here there are two things that Paul is mentioning in this book that is actually mentioned in this verse that will help us to be profitable and productive in 2015, 2016. And two very, very simple things that aren't going to be anything new that you haven't heard before. It's not going to be anything that's going to be new and revelational to you. But it's something that I think we constantly have to remind ourselves of all the time. And the first thing is that if you read here in verse 8, it starts off by saying, this is a faithful saying, and these things that I will that thou would affirm constant, constantly. So the saying here is translated in the Greek to mean the word. And so what it's saying is that, it, that, that we should constantly rely on a faithful, reliable word of God. If we want to be profitable, if we want to be productive, we've got to hold fast to the word of God. We've got to hold fast to the word, not just any older word. And I think one of the problems is a lot of Christians have, we try to bring in word that God never intended us to bring into the church. We try to, try to follow after this book and that book and this steps and those steps. But if we just hold fast to the word of God, then we would be as profitable as God wants us to be. Stop trying to mix and mingle all these things that God never intended to be in the church and hold fast to the word of God. So if we hold fast to the word of God, that will help us to be profitable. So that's the first thing. The second thing that we ought to do and that's going to help us to be profitable is that it talks here and it says that, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. So you need to have a reliable word, but you also need to participate in good works. If we want to be profitable, if we want to be productive and effective, we just can't be sitting down in our seats in our pews. God never intended us to just come to church every Sunday and not do anything. God wants you to work. God wants you to get up, and God wants you to utilize the spiritual gift that he has endowed inside of you and to do some good works. And it means, and what it says by to be careful to maintain means that it says to think about and also to maintain to constantly do good work. 
We're not supposed to be doing occasionally good work. We're not supposed to be doing sometimes good work. We're not supposed to be doing almost most of the time good work. We should be maintaining a constant effort of doing good work. That means that we can't just show up on, you know, for vacation Bible school and put our little time in there and then we don't see you the rest of the year. It means that you've got to get involved in some ministry actively and be here. It doesn't mean that you have to be here 100% of the time, but you need to be doing something. And, if you, and, and so, so we need to have God's word in us. We need to make sure that we are doing good works, and then that will allow us to be profitable. But the one thing that we want to take note of is that it does say these things are good and profitable unto man. That means that we don't want to get this twisted because one of the things that we're not doing is we're not creating a profit for God because guess what? God don't need us in any way, shape, or form. What we're doing is we're trying to be profitable to those that are around us. We're trying to lift up those that are around us and help, help the saints of God and the saints of this church. And so one of the things that we want to do is we want to look at 2016 is you want to make sure that you are as profitable as you can, encourage the brothers and sisters that are around you, and to make sure that you are getting more word, you're doing more good works, and thus you'll be more profitable for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Give honor of God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and my loved pastor. Thank him for this opportunity to be able to come and share with you tonight. Those who have your Bibles, turn me over to the book of Luke. Luke, the 23rd chapter. Luke, chapter 23. Luke 23. And verse 31. <clears throat> Jesus said, for if they do these things in a green tree, what shall it be done in the dry? I want to share with you just for a few moments the sovereignty of the evergreen tree. The sovereignty of the evergreen tree. Jesus in his text here, he's on his way down the way of Via Della Rosa, and in the way of the cross. And at this particular time, uh, Simon of Cyrene was bearing the cross of Jesus. And as he was on his way to the cross, the Bible lets us know in the text that the women was bewailing and they was bemoaning him and they was lamenting him because they seen how he was mangled and beaten up. And as he was going on his way to the cross, he heard the women weeping and he stopped and paused. And he said, he looked at the women and said, daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourself. And weep unto your children's children. For the days are coming, said the Lord, that they would say, blessed are the barren that had never bared and the patch that was never gave suck. Then they would begin to say to the mountains and the hills fall on us and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall it be done in a dry? Three points that Christ is making here. He's, looking, he's talking about the they, the green tree, and the dry tree. Now, Jesus is the evergreen tree. I was raised in the country, so I know about trees, and 
And one tree intrigued me was the evergreen tree. It stayed green all year round. And we're in the winter season, and you look at that green tree, and it's still green. Signifying that Jesus took that which he had created to unveil to you and I a spiritual truth about life. And that we are going to go through the four seasons of life. And the they means a gang of people. He says with they, meaning a gang, is coming after the green tree. And there's a gang that's coming after the dry tree. And he says if they do these things in the green tree, what shall it be done in the dry? My brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you tonight. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, To whom God will make known unto you what is riches of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The green tree is on the inside of you. And as long as you know that the green tree is inside of you, you can go through the spring, the summer, the fall, and the winter. You see, the, the winter represents cold. They meaning it's a gang of people, and you know in a gang is always a lead person. And the lead person in this day is Judas Iscariot. The Bible says in the text, Luke 22, that the Satan had entered Judas. Judas then became the Antichrist, and he had a gang of people coming after Jesus. Jesus, the Antichrist, has authority over the political system, the religious system, and the economic system. The religious system was the chief priests and the scribes and Pharisees. When, when Satan entered Judas, Judas had control over the uh, religious system. And the religious system had control over the political system was Pilate was controlled over the political system because Pilate was connected to Caesar and you know Caesar represents the economics. I thought I would throw that at you but I ain't got time to deal with that. But the point I'm trying to make here with you today, tonight is that this my brothers and sisters, Judas represents coldness. Judas represents the antichrist. Judas represents betrayal. Judas represents uh, a backstabber. And you're going to be stabbed in the back going in the year 26, but don't worry about it because you are a green tree. <laughs> See, the green tree, amen, is, represents everlasting life because it doesn't die. Notice on the green tree you have lights. Jesus is the light of the world. Notice on the, the white ribbons on there, you, it represents Jesus' holiness. He's the holy lamb of God. Notice, amen, the red ribbons. It represents without the shedding of blood. There should be no remissions of sins. Notice that star on top. That star that represents that Jesus is the bright and the morning star. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the star of David. He is the one who came down through, somebody say, 42 generations. I don't have time to talk about that there tonight. But he is, amen, the conclusion of David because after David, it said David begat Solomon. Solomon begat Rehoboam. Rehoboam begat Babah. Babah begat Asa. Asa begat Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begat Joram. Joram begat Uzziah. Uzziah begat Jotham. Jotham begat Achaz. Achaz begat Ezekiel. Ezekiel begat Manasseh. Manasseh himself begat Ammon. Ammon himself, he begat Josiah. Josiah himself begat Jeconiah. Jeconiah himself begat Salil. Salil begat Zorobel. Zorobel begat Azah. Abah. Abah begat Laocum. Laocum begat Azai. Azai begat Sagum. Sagum begat Elijah. 
lying, unbelieving, we got Eliezer, Eliezer, we got Matthew, Matthew, we got Jacob, Jacob, we got Joseph, the husband of Mary, the whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. He is the, he is the bright in the morning star. And I'm coming in here now because I want you to know here tonight that Jesus is the evergreen tree. Notice we says, if they do these things in a green tree, what shall it be done in the tribe? They represent Pilate. They represent Caiaphas. They represent, amen, the soldiers who pierced them in the side. They represent the nails in the cross. They, amen, represent the tomb. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. So I just want to encourage you, my brother, tonight, that regardless of what you're going through in the year of 2016, you got the evergreen tree leading on the inside of you. And the Bible says, greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. And we're more than the conqueror through him that loves us. God bless you. Come on, keep blessing him. Keep blessing him. Hallelujah. Yes. Giving honor to God and to our pastor tonight. What a night we have had. Amen. I mean, we have heard from Minister Holmes on being not faithful, not fruitful, but faithful. We heard from Minister Walker what to do when you're hindered in your gift. Reverend Jacobs talked about uh, coping with grief. Reverend Jones, who to turn to and talk to and trust. And just do what he says, amen? Tunstall, Reverend Tunstall, fighting God's way. Reverend Poole, how to be profitable, productive, and effective in Jesus Christ. And Reverend Lightfoot, or Minister Lightfoot, sovereignty of the evergreen tree. What a night we have had in Jesus Christ tonight. Now what I was tasked to do is to introduce to you a man who needs no introduction. He's the leader of this house. He is the under-shepherd, the man who leads this flock, St. Matthew's Baptist Church. He is our wonderful, outstanding, fantastic pastor. I want to bring to you Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr., leader and pastor of St. Matthew's Baptist Church. God bless you, Pastor. Church, say amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Say amen again. In the Lord good and his mercy endureth forever. We give honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We give honor to everyone. And I don't want to miss any names, but Tanya, where are you, baby? Awesome. Kent, awesome. Miss Tanya, over here. Thank you, baby. Come on up here, girl. She's not only pretty, she's intelligent. Come on. Come on up here. Hallelujah. And let me say this. She put this entire program together. Come on. And um, Kent, all of the ministers, you did a great job. And we are just thankful to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for the year. I'm thankful that <clears throat> Chip Kelly got fired. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, we are thankful 
put her food on our table and the clothes on our backs. Should have said that first, right? Money on our pot. Thank you, Jesus. But God is such a great God. Amen. And I know the year, the ebbs and the flows are difficult. But we have to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for your labor is not in vain. That means payday is coming. Can I get a witness? As you pay attention to the master, he's promised a payday. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, my payday is coming. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, let me, let me say this. The family feud game was off the hook. But how can you have a biblical family feud without Moses and Abraham? I, I, I got to look into that. Praise Jesus. And, and, and I really want to thank just everybody. And um, we are just... Um, uh, praising God from whom all blessings flow. As we go into 2016, by the grace of God, we're looking for a victorious year. Amen. And remember, weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. Jeremiah talks about songs in the night. Won't God give you a song in the night? Won't the Lord make your bed up? Won't the Lord walk with you? Won't the Lord talk to you? In the Lord good and his mercy endureth forever. Let me thank everyone that was on the program. Kim, I love you. Thank you. You and Dan and Tony, all the rest of you. Dave, thank you for what you've done. Great job. All the preachers were excellent. I sat back. I listened to every last one. Praise God. We love you. And God is an awesome, 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 awesome God. Praise God. And uh, what we're going to do now is I want everybody to bow your heads. If you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus in the pardon of your sins, you've never received him into your life, believing that he died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. This is serious. Don't leave here tonight. Don't leave here tonight. I want you to raise your hand if you need to be saved. Jesus wants to save you. He's God the Son and the Son of God. Is there one you want to give your life to Christ? I guarantee you the Lord will come in and start a whole new work. He died in your place for all of your sins. Is there one? Or perhaps you want to join the church. Is there one? Is there one tonight? Jesus is the Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory.
Let's look to Jesus. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Lord God, we ask that you will forgive us of all of our sins in 2015. Sins of omission, sins of commission, anything that you deem wrong, we place it under the blood of Jesus, and we confess that we are wrong and you are right. Then, God, we pray in the name of Jesus, the mighty, the matchless, the miraculous name of Jesus, that, God, you would take us through this new year, that, God, you would order our every step, that you would bless every family, that you would open up avenues of blessings, that, God, you would heal wounds, and that you would enrich our worship, that you would give us a new mindset in the name of Jesus. Father, touch from the pulpit to the door. Just touch everybody under the sound of my voice. And God, give us a confidence. Give us, oh God, give us character. Give us integrity. Help us to walk the walk and talk the talk. Help us to wait on you. Help us to glorify you. Help us to magnify you. We pray for our kids, Lord, that you would take them and move by your spirit in their lives. That God, you would order their every steps. That you would bring healing to those that are hurting and healing to those that are sick and that God you would resurrect our emotional base our mindsets that God we don't want to leave here the way we came in we came in looking for higher heights and deeper debts oh God in the name of Jesus just take control of this new year Lord God and we thank you for what you're going to do thank you for the healing thank you for the help thank you oh God for walking with us thank you for working out those things we cannot work out and we're looking to the hills from whence cometh our help our help is coming from the Lord who made heaven and earth you will not suffer our foot to be moved you that keep Israel will neither slumber nor sleep God take control of our lives bless this new year and as we leave this place but never your presence. Help us to praise you. Not only for what you have done, what you're doing, but what you're going to do. This is our year of jubilee. This is our year of victory. This is our year of shouting, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for lifting the burdens. Thank you, Lord, for healing our souls. Thank you, Lord, for blessing our families. And we ask that you would bless the food that has been prepared. Give us journeys, mercies back to our homes. Bless our church and family. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it is done. This is my year of jubilee. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. God bless you. Go, you can go right into the gym. We have food prepared for you. Go right into the gym.